The Bandroom Podcast is proudly supported by Kaleidoscope Adventures. Kaleidoscope Adventures is a full-service student trip planner with more than 26 years of inspiring student travel. Dylan and I have had positive experiences on school music trips, so we both know how much these meaningful opportunities contribute to students' musical development and create lasting memories. Kaleidoscope Adventures specializes in organizing unique trips to over 40 student-friendly destinations. If you're planning a student trip, you can count on the Kaleidoscope Adventures professionals to collaborate with you to organize the perfect education or performance tour. When you're ready to plan your next adventure, visit KaleidoscopeAdventures.com. That's KaleidoscopeAdventures.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bandroom Podcast. My name is Dylan Maddox. And I'm Kate Nishimura. And we are coming to you from the future. <laughs> or I guess when you hear this, it'll be the past. Because I was we rec- say, is it the future? <laughs> We've recorded many episodes this week and we're doing an intro before it, it you know, it's going to come out. So yeah. time is a strange. We strange might have to go back and yeah, update yeah. some stuff. But, uh, <laughs> Last week's intro was terribly long, so um, we're just going to get right down to business. Today, we had the great pleasure of speaking with conductor, educator, saxophonist, and all-around great person, Dr. Shelley Jago from Wright State University, where she serves as the director of bands there now, as well as professor of music teaching a plethora put that in your vocabulary pocket for the day, uh, of different courses uh, there at Wright. Um, and it, it, as, I've sa- as I said near the end of the episode, um, she is someone who I've looked up to from afar for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been in my uh, Canadian band director uh, baseball collection, my card collection. <laughs> we um, should make that a thing, <laughs> trading cards. Yeah, there's probably enough action shots out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, like her hair like flying fully back with like some kind of whoop-bam move, you know. <laughs> I wish you could have seen that, everyone. Podcast is a horrible medium for such things. Um, but anyway, um, but no, but in, in all sincerity, it was just such a treat to, to hear more about her path, um, to, especially to hear about um, her t- bit of her teaching philosophy mm-hmm. um, and those kind of things. It's And uh, it, it helps that she's Canadian. So it was, <laughs> it was such a treat just to, to get to know her and, and be inspired. And I know many of you will also hopefully have a little bit of that inspiration go into you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Shelly is someone that um, I've been connected with for quite a while now because she <laughs> was the guest conductor one year that I was a participant in the National Youth Band of Canada. Shout so out sweet. to our friends at the Canadian Band Association. Um, that was, I think, back in 2009 or something like that. I, I don't remember the, the exact year, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to have her on as a guest because uh, she was one of the first um, women conductors um, that I had the opportunity to work with back in the day. Um, most of my music teachers, who were all wonderful, um, were mm-hmm. male. And I think it was really important for me at that stage of my musical development and just personal development as well um, to have a mentor um, who I could relate to in a number of ways. So it was a real treat to uh, to reconnect. And um, I'm so glad that we get to share some of her story with all of our listeners. Um, and speaking of listeners, thank you so much to everybody out there who has been listening to this podcast. Um, if you could take a second to make sure that you've subscribed to the Bandroom Podcast on whatever listening platform that you use. Um, Follow us on social media, give us a like, a subscribe, all of those things. Um, It really does go a long way to help us out. And if you're willing to take it up a notch and leave us a rating and or a review on the podcasting platforms that you use, that is even more helpful. Uh, It helps show our episodes to new listeners and 
helps us grow our community. So please take a second to do that if you haven't already. And if you have, thank you so much for your help. We really appreciate it. Yeah, much appreciated. Um, if you're looking for another way to help out the Bandroom podcast, you could become a patron of the podcast by visiting patreon.com slash bandroompod, where you can have access to bonus episodes, t-shirts, coffee mugs, stickers. The, the, the world is your oyster if you become a patron <laughs> of the Bandroom. So just go check it out. See see what kind of what kind of level you want to – there's many tiers to choose from um, depending on how many pennies you got in your pocket. And if you're in Canada, that's zero because we got rid of them. Nickels um, now. Yeah. Yeah, nickels. You know the um, saying, anyway. like, uh, you know, this is my two cents or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've it's I've adapted that now to just say this is my five nickels. cents. And every oh. once in a while I say that and people look at me like, what are you talking about? Do you not know the saying? And I'm like, pennies don't exist anymore, man. And then you're like, <laughs> read the news, please. Um, anyway. <laughs> Please, please go check that out if, if, that, if that is um, something that you feel that you can do. It's immensely appreciated and keeps the lights on here at the band room. Anyway, without further ado, here is our conversation with Dr. Shelley Jagger. So here we are for another episode of the Band Room Podcast, and for this episode, we are very excited to be joined by Dr. Shelley Jago, who is the professor of music at Wright State University School of Music in Dayton, Ohio, and was a former uh, honor band conductor of mine way back in the day. That's where we first met. So it's always a nice full circle moment to get to connect in in this kind of a way all these years later. Uh, So welcome to the band room, Shelley. We're really glad to have you here. Well, thanks for having me. This is so exciting. Bass clarinet, right? Isn't that what you play? Yes, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) NYB 2000 and I don't know, nine, Uh, maybe something like that. Gosh. We go Drink way COVID back anyway. Yeah, no oh yeah, kidding. definitely. <laughs> so we'll start where we always start with our guests and just ask you where, why, and how did your musical journey begin? Sure. Um, well, I, I grew up in Saskatchewan in a very small town of, of Elrose and, uh, and in a lot of those rural, small rural schools, you often had a rotating door of, of directors mm-hmm. and, uh, so we were, we were one of those. <laughs> and uh, so it was hard to get, you know, to cultivate some stability in, in our band program. But my music um, passion, I think, probably really started with, with my piano lessons and had some really good piano teachers in the town. And then as, as we advanced and I want to say mom made or mom forced us all, there's <laughs> f- five of us kids, to take piano lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, because her mother didn't make her, so she was determined that she's going to to make us, and uh, and look where that's got me. Uh, so, <laughs> anyways, mom. we yeah, thanks, mom. Yeah. Um, so there's Rose Town was about a half hour uh, north of us, and uh, so she would drive us as we advanced. We to a more uh, advanced teacher up in up in Rose Town, and as you guys know. Um, you know the 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 Royal Conservatory Music Program for for mm-hmm. piano is is it's a very rigorous and intense yeah. um, yeah. course. You know, with with the repertoire to be memorized and the theory that goes with it and the history and um. So I think that's really where my passion for music started. And you know, of course, you go to all the festivals and do those things. And uh, you know, from there, I think. You know, I, I never really grew up thinking that I was going to be a a band director, um, mm-hmm. but um, I always wanted to. Growing up on a farm, I loved animals, and I thought I'm going to be a vet. And uh, but then once it got to grade twelve, and 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 you realized. I didn't want to be a vet assistant. I wanted to be a full-fledged vet. So I figured Nobody out that would, okay. that, that took like seven years. Like, yeah. Who wants to go to school for another <laughs> seven years? <laughs> well, look at us all now. Yeah. <laughs> How many years have we spent? Yep. Um, so I thought, I don't know. What else can I do? So I thought, well, I'll go into music. And um, Marvin Eckroth was the, the band director at that time. And then also the saxophone instructor. And that right. was my instrument 
which I only chose because my big sister played saxophone. So I always got the hand me downs. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it was shiny. So um ended up doing uh, music education then at the University of Saskatchewan in, in Saskatoon, um, where, you know, Marvin Eckroth, Don Harris, you know, primary mm-hmm. mentors at that time, some great, great teachers, great program. Um, I think we went to WASB in 89, I think mm-hmm. was my graduating year. Uh, it was in Kirkrod, the Netherlands, which uh, that oh, was wow. a lot of fun. I remember Fidel being in the front row and we were no performing. Pressure. Yeah, yeah, no pressure, and especially when we were, were performing Lincoln Traposi. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, Marvin had a lot of sweat beating down. And, <laughs> and uh, so that was some great, great experiences um, there. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, let's see, after graduating there, I taught for five years in Saskatchewan. Um, couple of those years in in um, uh, Regina okay. where I also applied for and and became the first female band director of the uh, Regina police band oh wow um, yeah so that was a lot of fun learning a lot there got my my hair cut real short and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> learning to wear wear the uniform and and um, playing with some wonderful one students and and meeting their parents uh, let's see. Then from there, I traveled to Missouri, Columbia, Missouri, wow. um, and primarily to study with, with Dale Lanus. The Dolly um, Lanus. Yes, the Holy <laughs> Lanus. Um, as we all know, very, you know, we very sadly uh, yeah. de- departed us too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a great time there. And uh, then I taught for a year there before moving here to to. Dayton, Ohio, where I've been at at Wright State now for, gosh, twenty five years. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's a long Amazing. time. I have I I'm I'm gonna go way back to something you said at the beginning because you were talking about a, a farm, and a, maybe it's a farm in Saskatchewan thing, but like also um, Jeff Nelson, uh, hornist with the Canadian Brass, also uh, was a, a farm boy, yeah. and his parent his uh, pig farm I think so there must be something there. Oh, maybe it's with the pigs because we had about 300 <laughs> pigs on our farm. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, you know, grain and pigs. So I, I credit or would like to credit my work ethic from, mm-hmm. you know, you, you had to get up early to do all the chores yeah. and then yeah. shower the stink off you before the school bus would pick you up. <laughs> oh, 300 pigs. Complaining that's, millennials. That's, yeah, yeah, it's not a casual <laughs> farm situation. That's the real no. deal. <laughs> and they, they eat a lot. They're pigs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, it's fantastic to hear. I mean, I, I always really love whenever we get to speak to a, a fellow Canadian and, and all these names come up. And one that's come up numerous times is Mar- Marvin Eckroth. Um, and, you know, me being here in Arizona and studying with Jason Kassler, he, he is within my lineage as is Dale. Um, and, um, it's, it just, every time I hear stories about WASB or just about kind of, it seems like the students that came out of University of Saskatchewan at that time were very multifaceted. Like if you look at yourself as a saxophonist and band director and, and author, it's just, and the same thing with, with Jason as well. Um, I noticed that. So I, I'm wondering like, what, what was the, the magic of Ekroth? <laughs> you know, I I don't know. He's um there was some there's some magic magic yeah. to that for sh- for sure and um you know and we'll still stay in contact every now and then he'll send his his um silly little jokes. <laughs> but but I can remember when I first started teaching at at Wright State too that I almost felt like a little mini Marv because <laughs> I was I was doing um one of the bands and teaching woodwind methods and right. uh, and the saxophone studio. So I thought, oh my gosh, who who do I call? I'm going to call Marvin. I need some help here. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, and I think just 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 an incredible, you know, 
education that that we received at, at the mm-hmm. U of S and some really fine teachers. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't think the woodwind methods, especially um, going through that course, and I had kept all my notes from that, thank goodness. I, I used a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's one of, you know, I've learned that's to be one of the most important skills to be teaching in a, in a music ed program is is pedagogy. You know, mm-hmm. the, the woodwind and the brass and the percussion courses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, well, since we since we we ended with with right um, and as someone who has such strong roots in Canada, what what was it that that led you to, to teaching in the United States? A job. <laughs> yeah, a job. <laughs> um, you know, when I finished my master's um, in in Missouri, I, I had full intention of, of of coming back to Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. and uh, then I heard, you know, that I could teach for one year on my student visa that I had, mm-hmm. um, and I thought, well, I better maybe I'll just apply and see, you know, take advantage of that. Because once you return, then that's obviously a lot more difficult to come mm-hmm. back and and try those opportunities. So. I applied for a job in um, a small rural area, about an hour outside of Columbia, and uh, I remember asking, you know, well, they asked about marching band, and being from, <laughs> as you guys know, from Canada, Dylan I was like, knows. Yeah, I, was like I really don't know anything about marching band. Um, <laughs> You know, but I took a class, you know, here and in, in, in I've got friends who are, you know, marching fanatics and I'm sure they can help me out. And and it was a smaller school, you know, the the whole park and play method, I think, you know, <laughs> could have worked a little bit as well. Um, but anyways, I learned how to do marching design and I used that uh, that that new software that had just come out then too it's it's much more advanced now but mm. you'd spend hours putting in yeah, all little these dots little... moving next <laughs> yeah to the yes. yeah so i remember asking them and then and then i i said okay well you you meet with your beginners um yeah you said at, at nine o'clock in the morning what what days what days is that and the principal looks at me he says well nine nine o'clock i said no i heard that but what days of the week well, every day. <laughs> and I just, I just exploded. I'm like, you get to see your beginners every single day for an yeah. hour. And, and he looked at me like I was crazy. And I was looking at him like he was crazy. And I was like, oh my gosh, I want this job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and that's, sadly, a big difference in, you know, and not in all the areas in, in, mm-hmm. in Canada, but especially in in some of them um you know even in regina when i left i was teaching at six or seven schools and you know the one high school and the six feeder schools and you you lived out of your car um and it was hard to it was hard for the continuity of of teaching to really take hold in in Mm -hmm. situations like that it's almost asking teachers to do an impossible job in, in yeah. some of those situations. And, and I tell you, being able to see those beginners, I mean, I, so I did the bands five through 12, but I had the best fun with, with beginners. If I retired today, I would go back to teaching beginning band. Wow. Wow. That's it, awesome. It's amazing what they know. I mean, just cause they're little, we think, well, we have to take yeah. it slow and they don't know very much. And it's like, no, not at all. <laughs> I don't so, think I've ever heard any like post-secondary band person go, when I retire, I'm going to go to beginning band. <laughs> well, I, I'm on a lot of Dayquil right now, too. Oh, so. yeah. All drugged up. <laughs> I don't know what's coming out of my mouth. Chalk it up to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's just such a a rewarding role to play in the musical ecosystem, right? Like, to be a part of that um beginning stages of new people learning to be musicians like I there's it's it's so fulfilling I think to be in that kind of situation it is it's it's like a new discovery every day and then when they make you know that next little jump or they first get over the break on the clarinet or they they get above a you know a c on trumpet it's they're just like thrilled and and (laughs) it's you're just living those experiences with them and and uh, it, yeah, it's, it was amazing how far you could get a beginning group um, when you see them every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I That's pretty unheard of, definitely, here. It really anyway. is. You know, yeah. and, and even teaching, you know, I can also remember um, in, in the smaller areas, I was also teaching um, grade 7 health I've taught, grade 10 English I taught in China, grade 3 language arts. Oh, yeah, and we'll put 5 through 12 band on there as well, and jazz band <laughs> at, you know, 7 in the morning and everything mm-hmm. else. Um right. It's 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 a lot to expect of 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 teachers and and still is today. I think a lot of that trend unfortunately continues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that got me attracted to to the U.S. system and just you know the the, the balance of that and it being part of the curriculum and not considered an extracurricular ac- yeah. activity. Um, and then Tanya Miller conductor, mm-hmm. famous maestra Tanya. Um, she had was studying in Michigan at that time, and she told me about the job at, at Wright State University. And okay. and I told her, I said, oh, I, I can't apply for that. I said, I usually the associate director of bands is always the marching band director. And she said, well, they don't have a football team. I'm like, I'll apply. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. <laughs> so, so the rest is history. Uh, so I've just, you know, like you say... You know, a job more or less brought me here and, and has kept me here. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I connect with so much of that. It's not even funny. Like, whenever, um, because c- coming to ASU, a big part of my scholarship is working with the athletic bands. And um, I, same thing, like no experience whatsoever. And apparently this was communicated to James G. Hudson, our athletic band director. But I, I don't know to what point he understood that. Um, until one day that, that app that you were talking about, um, I had downloaded it and I was trying my best to follow along and, and I was going through all these windows and pages and I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I just came up to him. I'm like, HUD, I appreciate you. I love being here and learning from you. Um, but I have no idea what's going on and I really don't think it's going to happen in the next two years. So, (laughs) (laughs) so bye. So now I just do the music and... (laughs) Yeah, it, yeah, it's a whole nother genre in itself, that's for sure. And now, a word from our sponsor. You know, Kate, I often think back to my time at Music Camp and how important that time was not only in my growth as a musician, but as a person. I feel the same way. My first time performing original music in front of a big audience was at a music camp, and many of the people I met at camp are still friends and colleagues of mine today. 2022 marks the 60th anniversary of the Interprovincial Music Camp. That's right, 60 years of being Canada's most comprehensive music camp. IMC offers specialized camps for all levels of band, orchestra, choir, musical theater, rock, jazz, and songwriting. Students can learn from faculty that include members of major symphony orchestras, Juno and Grammy Award winners, touring musicians, and music educators. Also, new this year is IMC's beginning band camp, open to campers ages 9 to 14. Located at the beautiful Camp Manitou on Manitowabing Lake, located in the heart of Muskoka Perry Sound region of Ontario, Canada, IMC facilities are second to none. With fully equipped cabins, outstanding meals with one of the chefs dedicated to preparing meals for those with specific dietary needs. IMC is unique in that it is centered around music, but also offers a true camp experience, including traditional activities such as swimming, sailing, water skiing, beach volleyball, and much more, as well as evening programs for the campers each night after the faculty concert. IMC provides young musicians with comprehensive and exceptional musical training with faculty members who are some of Canada's finest performers and educators some of which include past bandroom guest, conductor, clinician, and educator Colin Clark, Dr. Colleen Richardson from Western University, Dominic Desotel, principal clarinet of the Canadian Opera Company, Sarah Jeffrey, principal oboe of the Toronto Symphony, and Vanessa Freilich, associate principal trombone of the Toronto Symphony. They all bring a wealth of teaching experience and performing skills and are passionate about sharing their love of music with young musicians. Don't miss the opportunity to grow, be inspired, have fun, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Stay connected by following them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at imc.ca. That's imc.ca. 
to learn more about how you or someone you know can celebrate 60 years of the Interprovincial Music Camp, visit campimc.ca. That's campimc.ca. One, one follow-up question I have is uh, a bit of a selfish one, um, but being at, at, at Wright for so long or just being in the States for so long, was there ever a want for you to say if a job did open up in Canada to, to want to, to go back home, be that um, any province, not just Saskatchewan? In in the past few years, um, with the political climate, yes. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'd be lying if I said I'd... I'd, I'd I didn't miss my family. The you know the older mm-hmm. the older I get, the more it, it it's nice to get back home and and be closer mm-hmm. to family and and um, aging parents mm-hmm. and uh, siblings and nephews and nieces and and uh, you know there's there's just, there's a lot of um, I mean it, it's it's a it's a great country here too and mm-hmm. unfortunately I just think right now the uh, minority is is sort of making the rules for the majority. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's not, that's not really who represents, you know, Americans. Right. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, um, that's really set us back in a lot of civil mm-hmm. rights and, and, and many other issues that I'm keeping an eye on. So, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> if you hear of a job, you let me know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm graduating this year. You'll be each other's competition. Now. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right. Oh, I'm I'm done. I'm done then. If, if Kelly's my competition. Oh no. <laughs> oh dear. No, no. I was just. It's it's, it's something. I'm. Um. I mean, I was just home last week, and just like, and it's it was the first time in a while, and just like coming back, I was like, oh, I just I miss all of this, <laughs> everything. Um. So yeah, it's it's something that's always entered my mind. Well, you know, and it's weird. I've been I've now lived in the U.S. longer than I have in Canada, but <laughs> okay. I I still call. At home, it, mm-hmm. it's because yeah. it because it, it feels like home, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I'm I'm wearing my my Prairie Proud shirt, and okay. <laughs> so whenever I go home, I have to you know go fill up on all my you know U of S paraphernalia that I can find in, in any of the Prairie Prairie shirts. Right. So, but yeah, it it feels like home. And Nova Scotia is one one place that I have not been to that I'd like to like to get oh to. My it's goodness, be- I know it looks beautiful there. We'll talk to Mark Hopkins. We'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> I think he runs the province. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just go do a maritime tour or something. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, okay. So could you tell us a little bit more about the program at Wright State University and uh, the role that you play there, I guess, currently? Maybe any of the highlights over over your time there so far? Yeah, sure. Um well, I've taught a lot of uh, numerous classes. Uh, pep band was was one of them, um, which was a, you know a little bit of a new experience for me as well. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and I've taught the woodwind methods and conducting and instrumental music methods, music appreciation, even uh, African American music. I do as an online summer class. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I did the second band, and throughout the years the uh, program had grown to to three bands. And, um, unfortunately, you know, just in everywhere, there's been budget cuts and COVID certainly didn't help either. So our enrollment has, has, um, gone down. We're probably around 11,000, um, is smaller university, uh, wasn't established till, till 1967. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it's, uh, it offers a very affordable education, I think, to to students in Ohio, and has over 315 um, degree programs. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's and Wright State. It's named after the Wright brothers, Orville and Wilbur, right? Uh, and they built the plane here in their their little Dayton bicycle shop. So if That's you're ever here, cool. that yeah, you need to go to the Carillon Park Museum because you can see all their buildings and and it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. And then in our music department, we probably just a little under 200 now, um, mm-hmm. including undergraduates and graduates. And uh, we have uh, two bands, um, a jazz band, pep band. 
couple of orchestras, several choirs, and, you know, probably present over 100 concerts um, every year. And uh, offer the typical programs that most of the schools do. We have an undergraduate degree in music ed, performance, music history and literature. Um, we do a master's of music in music ed, performance, um, and conducting. And we also offer, um, fairly new within the last seven or eight years, a um, degree in arts management. Okay. Um, yeah. So some students, this has been a, a great opportunity for them, and they can go and do some uh, work with our uh, Schuster Center uh, mm. downtown, downtown Dayton. Uh, let's see. What else can I tell you about Wright State? <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, we're proud of our CELIA designation. That's C-E-L-I-A. Um, and that uh, title was given to us by the, the government of, of Ohio for collaborative, see if I can remember this, collaborative education in leadership and innovative arts. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So our that's kind of in our department is music, dance, art, art history, and uh, uh, theater and motion pictures. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then we run a really, a really uh, large honor band here, which we're proud of. And it's probably our largest recruiting event as, mm-hmm. as well. And um, last year we had over 500 nominations from over 70 schools. Wow. And yeah, so I thought, you know, and, and the goal is, I mean, we try to take everybody's top choice. It's, we don't do it by audition. Um, mm-hmm. And I like that then it's represented, even the small schools. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody gets at least, you know, one one or two students there. And so now we've opened it up to, we. Um, this year will be three um, high school, or no, sorry, two high school honor bands, one middle school honor band, and a jazz band. Um, oh, great. Oh my gosh. And the cool part is we try to bring back um, alumni that are very established in their fields to to be the conductors for the groups, and then we'll bring in a um, you know a, a big name, so to speak, mm-hmm. for the for the top ensemble. So mm-hmm. this coming up year, we have um, Alfred Watkins will be oh, our great. honor band conductor this year. So we're pretty excited very about cool. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. And um, I'm wondering, there's like. A, a, it's it's so great to hear because I I went to Mount Allison University, which I think is a, probably a similar size school, um, and it's really cool to hear all the things that's going on at Wright. And um, I'm wondering whenever, because I think as time went on, you've taken on kind of more band responsibility now, director of bands. Well, yeah, I did. I mean, all my degrees are in music ed, so I never did any mm-hmm. anything in performance. Um, so I. I'll be honest, I was a little nervous about teaching the saxophone studio mm-hmm. okay. um, at, at Wright State. And so I had to pull out my, you know, blow off the dust on the horn and get up my <laughs> fingering chart yeah. and uh, put a recital on when I auditioned. And But it, it's been one of the most rewarding parts of, of my job. And um, I, I loved it. I, I learned as, as, you know, much from, from it as I hope my students learned. And, you know, we started a saxophone quartet when I got there. We started the saxophone festival. Um, the students have performed and been accepted to, you know, play at many conferences. And we've been to the World Sax Conference, you know, a couple times in Scotland, Italy, Japan. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's just been a lot of fun. You know, when you've got that one-on-one with a student, when you're teaching applied or teaching small chamber groups, it's a real special relationship that, that, um, you cultivate. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I, I miss it. (laughs) You know, I, I'm enjoying my role as, as, as director of bands now, which happened just before COVID hit. So it doesn't okay. really feel like it's there <laughs> yeah. yet, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. so I'm, 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 you know, last year was our first full year together and, and I'm looking forward to, to this, this fall. It's going to feel like a fresh start, I, I think mm-hmm. again, but mm-hmm. you know, change, change is always good. Um, yeah. it, it keep, it keeps me challenged and, uh, and I still keep involved as much as I can with the saxophone and, you know, there to there to help and and right. you know support the recitals and, and everything else but uh that was a big change a big change in my yeah. career path right 
Yeah, and it, it's it's funny to hear hear you talk about that, and also just think little Marv. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but no, it's great, and and I and I had no idea about about kind of your background and how how that kind of all worked out. And now a word from our sponsor. Gosh, oh my gosh. Kate, do you know what time of the year it is? No, but I feel like you're going to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I am. It's time for a new issue of the Canadian Winds Journal, the biannual journal of the Canadian Band Association. I love the Canadian Winds Journal. It's full of great articles, everything from practical guides for teaching beginners to articles on health and technology. As well as study guides to some of our favorite band works, book and CD reviews, and profiles on some of Canada's finest band organizations, conductors, composers, educators, and performers. Even if you're not Canadian, you can check out the Canadian Winds Journal. Learn about all the amazing things happening in the Canadian band community and about our people. To see the latest issue, visit canadianband.org download. That's canadianband.org download to learn more about how you can get your hands on the latest issue of the Canadian Winds Journal. And you kind of answered it, but um, have, how have you found that your kind of experience of like rediscovering yourself as a, maybe it's more of a performing musician, how did that influence your approach to teaching and conducting? Yeah, you know, as a musician, we wear so many hats yeah. as it is. So it, it all just kind of marries into into right. each, each other. Um, but I think staying active uh, as a player uh, really helped improve my pedagogy chops mm -hmm. and that, and by keeping those chops in shape helped me, I think, to be a better teacher on the podium that I felt mm -hmm. that I, rather than just saying, this is what I want, you could also give maybe some tips and tricks as to, well, try this, or that's not quite the sound or mm -hmm. not quite the articulation. Try this. Oh, there, there, that's working. Um, so I feel by still playing and being involved that way, it helps me become a better teacher um, from the podium. And as for conducting, too, is you always try to find ways to make less more, um, mm -hmm. you know, only give what's necessary and, mm -hmm. and let the players be as get out of their way and, and let them be efficient as, as possible. So I think that all kind of it helped each other, you know, yeah. teaching in the studio and playing and conducting. Yeah. Well, I think it's like it's it's pretty funny how how much we get in our heads as like if we have our music educator conductor hat on where it's like I'm doing this and this and this and I'm going to do this gesture. And then you someone maybe a, a, if you're at a master class or something goes, well, what, how would you how would you just breathe? Like, how would you want that as a player? So kind of thinking back and, and seeing how those influence each other is always really great. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. You Silly. think you think twice about what you how you move and it's like well would that make sense to me if i was sitting out there playing my saxophone <laughs> did i really need that or did that even make sense <laughs> no i think i might have just like influenced a hernia for, for someone i don't know what <laughs> like, <laughs> what happened uh, that's quite the influence dylan <laughs> oh you know it's a gift <laughs> oh my god uh, well, okay, so we've spoken about, you know, musicians wearing many hats, and I know you have many different musical roles, but aside from that, you're also an author, and we'd love to hear a little bit more about that aspect of your work, how you got into that. Is that something that you were always, you know, interested in doing? Um, and then just how you balance kind of all those different roles that you play um, within your career, within your life. Um, I'm not sure I do balance them very well, so I'll leave that one to last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you no, know, it was never really, I, I never really had a desire to, to write or be an author. Um, but I did have a desire to, to want to share and make my job easier and, and other people's jobs easier. Um, you know, that's, that's the best thing about what we do is is we have a nice network of, of collaborators and we can share um, teaching ideas and well what works for mm -hmm. you in this situation and and uh, so the first book the the developing the complete band program um, was sort of an extension of my dissertation 
And essentially what I was doing, it, it, that kind of evolved out of teaching the instrumental music methods course. And I would find that there's so many great resources out there and I would put some things on reserve in the library for the students, but not all of them would get to reading them in a timely fashion or, you know, or <laughs> they'd be, you know, as you guys know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> surely, surely that was never you. I did all my readings right on yes, time. Yes, <laughs> I believe you. I'm sweating. <laughs> Or there's only, let's put it this way, there's only one resource and they all go to right. check it out at the same time. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to just try to read as many of these as possible and try to get the best teaching methods from the best teachers um, mm-hmm. and, and put it all into one resource. And, um, you know, a, a band Bible per se, yeah. and just sharing those ideas and, and, the, and the best um, in our field. So that's sort of where that developed from. And then just in 2020, I did a second, um, there's a second edition, did a revision where many of the tools updated a lot of the chapters and mm-hmm. then um, many of the tools and forms and resources can now be downloaded online, um, which uh, Meredith Music has now partnered with GIA Music. Right. Um, so I think there's a there's a code that comes in the front of the book that that um, teachers can use and mm-hmm. hand out to their students or use in a methods course in as an undergraduate curriculum if 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 they wanted. Mm-hmm. Then from there, that um, the tuning book um, it, it came next, uh, which was not a desire. I mean, who has a desire to write about tuning? <laughs> <laughs> Lifelong dream. Lying awake like, at night. Oh, right, I need like, it. Like, who does that? <laughs> um, but, you know, a couple great, great people and, and, and colleagues, uh, Bruce Bush at Howe Leonard and then Garwood Whaley at Meredith um, had approached me actually about that. And they said, you know, the, the one book that we do have, it's it's quite outdated and there's some information that, that's not, you know, accurate in there anymore. Would you mind, you know, what would you think about taking on this project? So I thought, yeah, great. How difficult can that be? <laughs> <laughs> Famous so, last words. Push yeah, yeah. So several therapists later, I have completed. <laughs> it was fascinating, though. I I learned so much just interviewing mm-hmm. people on on their instruments and 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 theorists and just you know and physicists. I mean, it's it, it's information that I'm not sure I even will ever truly understand myself, but it's really helped <laughs> me. Um, mm-hmm. be a better teacher for, for, for my groups um, that mm-hmm. I can get up in, in front of. And, and the charts, you know, the, the, one of the skills that you guys probably, I mean, maybe you've, you've probably got better memories than I, but if you're sitting up and in, in working with a chamber group or working with a band and you hear something, when it came to saxophone, it's like, whoa, what's going on there? And you would, you know, you'd look down at your score and like, oh, okay, you know, second alto, you've got a fourth line D, go ahead and add your low B key on there and that'll that'll help bring that pitch down and all is good. And then, ta-da, you know, kind of, <laughs> it fixes it. But when yeah. it came to the other instruments, I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so I love now that, you know, I have all these recommendations from from experienced teachers out there and made this color fingering chart now that when you do need to tune something and, and sometimes manipulate the tunings to purposely play flat or sharp in order mm-hmm. to, to play in, in pure tuning, um, that I have that chart available at, at yeah. my means because mm-hmm. I, d- I just, I don't have the bandwidth in my head to, to remember everything like I do <laughs> for does, saxophone. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's that's such a good resource, and, and we'll make sure to link all of these things in the episode notes as well, so that people who are listening can can go and and check out your work and access those resources. Because I think that's something that you know you're not alone in in wanting to have that you know to assist in your own teaching. Other people will will definitely find that useful as well. Sure. Yeah. 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 Make our jobs easier. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I mean, I know I'm speaking for many people, but just. Um, because you speak very humbly of it, but like the <laughs> the idea that someone has kind of synthesized all this information for us and put it in in one place or in multiple different places now because you have so many different books, but um, <laughs> it's just such such a benefit to our profession and and to think about all of the people who have benefited from it is is amazing. And personally, someone who was you know I was teaching junior college before I came here, 
and to have kind of those woodwind method books as a brass player <laughs> uh, is very helpful. Yeah, <laughs> um, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that and then the idea of like just kind of demystifying the whole tuning thing. Uh, it, I know certainly uh, personally speaking, it's something that makes my palms sweaty sometimes when, when you have to think about dealing with it. Um, so, so it's great to have a resource out there like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. And, and there's some engineers at Wright State that help put an app together. So there's an app that has all those fingerings now for both um, Android and and Apple as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Future is here. Yeah. Future is here. Uh, well, I, I, uh, I admitted before we were on record here that um, <laughs> this sounds rather creepy. I was I was at Midwest and I was uh, I saw you there, but I did, <laughs> I didn't uh, I didn't introduce myself. I got I got too shy. But one of the places I did see you, and it was actually one of the times. Uh, it's going to sound weird at first. I got a little teary eyed um, because I had just come from the Horizon Leans Forward panel, um, and I I think I was following Eric Lung back to the GIA booth, and I saw him. And I saw you and, and uh, Rob Taylor as well. And I, was, I just got like, it was so cool to see like people coming up to you and like asking to sign books and things. And, uh, and I was like, oh, look at them, Canadians. Wow. Here in Chicago. And I was, anyway, it was very nice. Um, but um, you also played a, a part in the Horizon Leans Forward book. Um, and I was wondering if you could talk about your, your contributions to that book. Uh, sure. I'm, I mean, when Rob... Taylor had reached out, um, and, and I didn't know him very well. I actually first met him, I think it might have been in Ottawa at a music fest or something. Yeah. And we were adjudicating, that festival went to like midnight or something one night, the bands got. <laughs> so we, about right. Yeah. We were a little punchy. We were hungry. We were tired, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And... And so we were all pretty giddy by the end of the night. And, and he says, hey, you're pretty cool. He says, I thought you were a nerd because you wrote a book on intonation. <laughs> like, Thanks. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> so um, and what a great guy and seeing him work with, yeah. with Ben. So he had he had reached out and I said, sure. I said, I don't really know that I have anything to, to contribute, but I'll answer your questions and use what you want. Um, it's that, that book that they put together is, is fascinating and, and, mm-hmm. and well-timed and needed. And mm-hmm. it, it's great to, to read all the stories in there. And, um, you know, personally, I don't know that I, I felt any kind of bias towards me, um, you know, for being gay, but I, I probably have felt more biased throughout my career at times, more for being a, a woman. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had more circumstances with that. And, and I didn't really, I didn't really talk about it because that was just what you did in those, those, those days. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I got tired of, you know, the older you get, the less inhibition you have. And I'm like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to talk about what I did <laughs> yeah. this weekend. And, yep. <laughs> and, 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 you know, students figure it out and and you get to a point of comfort once you're tenured it's like well i'm not going to lose my job or i shouldn't Mm -hmm. lose my job because of this and um although you know unfortunately some people are still afraid of that Mm -hmm. um and do deal with with those issues so i think we need to be the models to help create that safe environment and 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 make students aware that that it's it's okay and um everybody's everybody's equal your your right. people your people first and i hate the labels i have to say um i don't know that i'm the the best gay poster model because i <laughs> i'm like g l b t q l m n o p and and i i don't like labels i i yeah. really don't like labels um and my wife works you know used to work with persons with disabilities and that's uh you know, they're, they're your persons, your persons yeah. first. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that, that's how we need to get our, our children thinking of, of each other. And I'm worried, you know, with, with some, you know, the don't say gay bill that recently came yeah. into effect in Florida. Um, it's on the books here in Ohio as well. Um, Texas. Mm-hmm. And it, it just worries me that, that here's these 
kids, uh, you know, suicide is so prevalent um, mm-hmm. in in our world, and and it's like if if these are bills that are not going to be assisting these kids to feel mm-hmm. um, that they're they're going to start to feel like they're not part of the norm a- yeah. again. Right. And I thought we were past that. I, I really did. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I hope. I hope that uh, books like this, that, that those editors put together and people telling their stories and and uh, just even what you do, you know, how you even uh, uh, present your syllabus in your classroom. I mean, all mm-hmm. of that's changed to, to, to be more inclusive and, mm-hmm. and accepting of, of diversity. And something that I've learned, too, is is. Um, and I and I I don't get it right all the time. I mean, I feel really bad when I use the wrong pronouns with with some students mm-hmm. in my ensembles. I'm I'm learning, you know, along there with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking this year, uh, instead of taking the roll call off off the roster, I think what I'm going to do is I'll just introduce myself um, and with with my pronouns, and then have them introduce themselves because. Mm-hmm. There's so many names on those rosters that they don't go by that name, and yeah. and you can assume what the pronoun is, and and you may be wrong. And so mm-hmm. I want everyone to feel like you you tell us who you are, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's how we're going to begin our year. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That brings me right back to you know the honor band stuff where people write their names on a piece of paper and just fold it over the side of their stand, you know, so that the conductor can see the names and we can all turn around and see each other's names. And it's not what it says on the sign-up sheet necessarily. It's how, how everyone wants to present themselves in that situation and everyone just being in mutual respect of, of that. Right. I think that that just sets such a good example. It sets the tone for the environment that people are safe to be who they are. And that's huge. That makes such a difference. Yeah. You're right, Kate. And um, I mean, I've <laughs> this is probably what Kate maybe the third time we've talked about the Horizon Leans Forward, yeah. and also this chapter. And it's mostly because, once again, selfish reasons. Um, <laughs> sorry, there's a there's a bug in here. Um, uh, but uh, the, the Horizon Leans Forward was um, required reading for uh, one of our graduate seminars this year. And uh, I really, you know, y- you get assigned books and you don't really think anything of it. Um, but when I got to Rob's chapter and, um, and I, I mean, I, I recognize your name just by being a Canadian band fan <laughs> to see you and to see other people and to read a story that I know so well for the first time was so powerful. And, uh, and I want to thank you for that. Um, uh, before you leave, I have to, I hugged <laughs> Rob probably three times when I saw him last. So, <laughs> uh, thank you, Dylan. And um, one one quick kind of follow up question I have, and it was it was part of the reason um, I wanted to be more open. But have you found that sharing this aspect of your identity has helped you maybe connect more with students and and, and the community, uh, or maybe even on the podium? Yes, um, I, I think it has because there, whether whether you want to or not, I think. I have served and am serving as, as a role model for some. Mm-hmm. And I've had several students that'll, you know, come to advising hours and, and will break down and, mm-hmm. and, you know, share their story and what, what they're going through. And I'm very lucky to, to have a very accepting family and, and loving family and, and, but not, not all, not all kids are that lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the conversion camps still mm-hmm. exist here. Yeah. And I've had students, you know, crying in my office that they don't know what they're going to do. Their parents have taken away their car and not helping with tuition anymore. Oh. And, you know, unless they go to conversion camp and it, it's, it's a it's a tough role. You know, you, you try to do the best that you can and, and let them know that they're they're loved and they need to be who they who they are mm-hmm. and that they're an adult now and you know it they don't have to listen to parents <laughs> um yeah and sometimes it's good that we do but sometimes it's good that we don't yeah. um they need they need to find themselves and uh you know we have good resources on campus too f- for that in which are things that didn't exist when i went to school mm-hmm. right um and 
So, you know, you do the best you can as a teacher and and then send them off to the, the yeah. professionals. But I but they know they it's good for them to see that it's going to be OK because because I'm OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's OK. And there's a lot of people that are OK. Yeah. So just persevere. And these are, can be some tough times and challenges and obstacles. And that's going to build some of your character um, through through some of those challenges. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. And just visibility is so important, right? Mm-hmm. For for students, well, people of all ages to, to see people like yourself just showing up, being yourself, doing good work, making an impact in the lives of others. And, you know, that you're okay, that you are happy and healthy and like I I think that just in itself just showing up as you are sets such a good example for other people um and whatever else you do you know it's just just being there being who you are I think that's that's really important for people in in the community that may be struggling with some of those things right yeah I agree I agree yeah well we have sadly reached the last question of this conversation and i'm sad because i've thoroughly enjoyed hearing you speak about everything that we've talked about so far um (laughs) but before we uh get to our last question um i'm just going to remind our listeners that the three of us are going to go off into bonus episode land after this and record a fun bonus episode for our patreon community so if you would like to listen to this bonus episode and the wonderful back catalog of bonus episodes from all of our previous guests you can do that by visiting patreon.com slash bandroompod okay so Shelly, uh, this is our last question, and uh, it can be a big one, we'll, we'll see, but it's just what <laughs> advice do you have for other conductors, music educators, or musicians in general? Yeah, I, I always come back to, and what I always tell my students and myself, <laughs> is be yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be yourself. Um, you know, when I first started teaching, and I had such great mentors, and I I tried to do things that looked like the way they did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, that just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I felt like, well, it's just not going to come across if it doesn't have that kind of, you know, authoritarian or sincerity or professionalism to it. And after a while you just get comfortable in your skin and you realize, well, what is sincere is when you are just being yourself mm-hmm. Um, and being yourself both on and, and off the podium. And um, the other thing, too, that, that I think is, is important for all of us is to remember that we're not just teaching music, but we're teaching people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're teaching people through music. And, uh, you know, none of us really think that we're going to be creating performers or, you know, s- you know, somebody going off to play at Midwest, you know, but what we are creating are good citizens Mm -hmm. and um, trying to create that environment um, that feels safe for them, that they can contribute to to the the rehearsal process and, uh, and be motivated to, to have high standards. I think um, you can have fun and still have high standards Uh in, (laughs) <laughs> what a concept. I know, don't don't tell anybody. <laughs> oh, um, but I think that comes from the culture and it that takes a while to create with an ensemble. Mm-hmm. They they've got to get to know you. Um but yeah, once once that culture's created, it it's strong. It's mm-hmm. it's strong and it's healthy. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh my goodness, Kate, I think I think I found another one of my teaching soulmates. <laughs> Oh, excellent. <laughs> it, well, next time, talk to me at Midwest. I know, I know. <laughs> I slap myself in the face. Uh, no, but that, so much of that is, it just resonates with, with my own philosophy. And I, and I know so many people that listen, or maybe some people who need to hear it mm-hmm. <laughs> also. Um, but I just want to thank you so much for taking the time um, in your busy schedule to, to come chat with us. It, it's been such a treat. I kind of, I joked about it earlier, but 
Um, as someone who grows up in Canada, I really look, I looked up to all of, uh, all of you as kind of like my baseball players. So <laughs> it's such a treat to be able to, to meet you and talk to you, not just in a, a zoom call with, you know, 40 other band directors. Um, but to, to hear, hear about your path and, and all the, the good that you're doing for the world. So thank you so much, uh, Shelly, for, for being in the band room. Well, thanks to you guys for, you know, I've only been able to listen to a couple of your podcasts and now that I'm, I'm back. <laughs> at home here. Um, I hope to listen to some more, but it's, I, that's a lot of work that you do and, and you've got some great information on there and some inspiring um, podcasts for people to listen to. So thank you for what you're doing. Oh, thank you. We appreciate that. Thanks so much for spending time with us in the band room. If you want to learn more about anything we discussed in today's episode, check out the links found on our website, bandroompod.com if you liked what you heard make sure to subscribe to the bandroom podcast give us a rating and a review and tell all your friends about how much you enjoyed it if you really love the show maybe you should consider becoming part of our patreon community where you can support brp and get some extra incentives in return or you can buy some sweet sweet brp merch helping to offset podcast hosting costs and investments into new equipment so that we can continue to bring you great content and great people. Follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up with what's on the go. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, leave us a comment on our website, bandroompod.com, where your comment might be featured on a future episode of BRP. Our theme music is Skyline, composed by EKR Hamill and performed by Dr. Gillian McKay and the University of Toronto Wind Ensemble. Stay safe and be well, bandies. Thanks again for stopping by the band room. <laughs>